So I saw a homeopath in Connecticut, which, you know, took me an hour to get there. And I had a big kit at home. So I bought books and I studied on my own for a long time and just treated the family. And uh, when I moved to California, I suddenly realized I can go to school for homeopathy. Welcome to The Expanded Podcast with your host, Lacey Phillips. As a leading manifestation advisor with a process that's, well, radically different from the old New Age model, mine is rooted in psychology, neuroscience, and my energetic gifts. I created this podcast to help you expand your subconscious limiting beliefs about the potential of deserving the manifestations you're calling in. Therefore, you're tuning into this podcast series to show your subconscious that anything you desire is possible. And by pressing play, you've already started the process of manifesting it. If you enjoy this episode, please leave us our review, comment, and share it with your fellow manifester that's struggling or could really benefit from the information that you're about to learn. all get a big sigh of relief as of Wednesday that Mercury has gone direct again, that new moon in Leo, we're in Leo season. I mean, how nice to be done (laughs) with the eclipses for now. And I don't know if everybody received our newsletter, but you certainly will want to subscribe. And in a link below, we'll link the latest roadmap because it's Leo season it's just like a good time for everybody. You know, that Leo energy that just wants to be seen as warm, friendly, loyal, generous, out and about, beautiful. So I think we can all really capitalize on this energy. Therefore, in this month's roadmap within the pathway, we're all going through inside of up level, next level together. It's what I'm actually personally working on. I've been working through it since we had that full lunar eclipse that it, I was really called to that because I can feel very big things coming through. Therefore, I've been doing the DI every day. And I just think it's one we can all benefit from in this really juicy energy. What's new with me too? I had a wonderful, wonderful spirit baby reading (laughs) this week with a woman named Sufi. We will link her below. And she was by far the most accurate. I've had a couple of these now at the suggestion of friends and one woman from the Facebook group that were totally just not on the mark and needed me to feed them a lot of information. And I made a very conscious choice with Sufi not to feed her any. And she just got down to brass tacks really fast and quick. And so she's a doula, a medium. She's also clearly a baby spirit communicator and just a really lovely human being that like right out the gate was on track. I mean, even down to the T in the sense that once, you know, the baby came through within the first 15 minutes, 
not only did she describe what Max is going through to a T, which is kind of slowing the process down for us, but also she said, well, this baby's really bringing up a dog it's supposed to incarnate with. You know, is there a dog around? Did you just get a dog? And it's so crazy because when I got the download that we needed to go out like right now and find a dog <laughs> in that moment in time, because it's so impractical for us to get another dog right now. We're constantly traveling. We're about to remodel this whole new house in Topanga. You know, it just didn't make a lot of sense, but it came like such a lightning bolt that for three weeks I was on Pet Finder constantly looking and I would continue to send Max, you know, like my version of my ideal dogs, which are always terrier type things, like scruffy, fluffy things. And he's like, no, I get the next pick. I've always wanted a mini Australian Shepherd. And Right before that Goop event, which if you haven't heard, I've been on the Goop podcast. It's a great episode. Right before that, I got the download. I've, I have to look on Pet Finder right now, literally 20 minutes before my Uber arrived. And I found Marigold, who was a toy Australian Shepherd. And luckily, I think she had gone on there two days before. They had listed her as a terrier because had they have listed her as a shepherd, she would for sure be gone. It's so rare that you find a pure breed toy shepherd. And when I was going through that, I even told a couple of friends, I was like, you guys, this has to be connected to the baby because just nothing comes through me that strong. Like I have to go out. It felt like when you have to go out and like conceive a, a thing or a new idea, it was so strong. So that was interesting that she said that. And then I was like, oh, okay, okay, okay. This woman is so tapped in. So that was kind of a real big highlight of the week. And, you know, she really went into my medium gifts and helped me with some new tools. And, um, I just really, really loved her. So I'm going to start apprenticing with her through mediumship, but yeah, that was a real highlight. And otherwise it's been a wonderful week of just really settling in to Topanga because we only got to stay here one night before I had to head back up to kind of wrap up the forest house. It's almost totally wrapped. We have an incredible new house manager, which was one of our like hardest things to find up there. And she's amazing. She's under the team page. She's an Aries and we're just so, so compatible. She is with the space. So she's really wrapping things up with inspections this week so that we can get that calendar out for everybody who's on the wait list. Make sure if you're not on the wait list, you'll want to go to theforestretreathouse.com where you'll click bookings and there's a wait list you can sign up for because those are going to be the people who will receive the calendars first. And mind you, there's only going to be about two, sometimes three weeks a month. So those dates are going to go very quickly quickly. So she's up there and she's relieved a lot of the stress and we're so excited to have her because she's wearing many hats up there and she's just a wonderful, wonderful energy. And weirdly and coincidentally enough, we have a lot of common acquaintances in Los Angeles because her sister lives here and is quite good friends with my friend Angela Trimber, who you guys have seen, who battled so bravely breast cancer this last year. And she's one of the founders, I think the sole founder, if I'm correct, of the LA Municipal Dance Squad, as I think how I pronounce their awesome name. So if you guys are looking for a dance squad to join and audition for, that looks like a whole lot of healing and community, that's the one to check out. And then otherwise, yeah, I'm just 
really enjoying this canyon mountain life. I ran out right away and got us an Instapot. So I've been really getting into cooking out here again. And I'm so excited to have all of these West Side Farmers Markets and just really starting to crave. You know, I talked about this on Ashley Wood's podcast, which I think will go live this next week. She started to talk about how she intuited about a week ago, she could feel autumn coming. And I had the exact same thing. I can always feel seasons much in advance where I think they are energetically supposed to transition if the, a lot of climate stuff wasn't going on. Like we're both very tapped into that whole pagan calendar. And I could really feel that adjustment. And she mentioned it and I was like, oh my God, I have to, because I don't know if everybody can feel that. And so due to that, I've been really getting in. I think I mentioned it a few podcast episodes ago, but their traditional form of eating the Scottish. So we'll link that cookbook below. And I've just been loading up on very traditional, like the original superfoods in Scotland, because I've been craving them, which are things like seaweed and salmon and you know oats and sprouting. So I'm obviously starting to really crave those kind of denser, more nourishing. I've been drinking like a lot of raw milk lately. So yeah, that's sort of what I've been into with the Instapot and the soup pot. <laughs> and I even made Max bring home my dehydrator because it looks like I'm going to start getting really hippie again and making my own, you know, seed crackers and some beautiful... I love sweet potato chips with just coconut oil and sea salt on them and the dehydrator. So that's been a real highlight. And otherwise we had the woman we're going to be working with, who's a great, a mother of one of Max's great friends. She's going to help us. We have an acre here in Topanga and she's going to help us begin the landscaping architectural process because we want to make it really sacred with trails and you know, spots to meditate. There's a creek. We want to have like a tea ceremony, little cove and all sorts of hidden things. But of course we want to have as many herbs and edible plants and trees, as many as possible. And she totally eluded us. I don't know how I missed this, but we have a bay leaf tree, which even this evening I'm cooking one of those soups and it calls for a couple of bay leaves so I can go down and just pluck those. And we have a couple of elderberry bushes, many medicinal things. We have eucalyptus on here and obviously we're surrounded by that beautiful energy of the oaks, but it really lit me up. That was like a big highlight of this week. So that's kind of what's been up with me. We've really been getting the the whole kind of restructure of the company going and getting in a good flow. And so, yeah, I guess that brings me to today's guest that I'm very excited about. I don't want to say the same thing 10,000 times because I say this in the beginning of the episode. But like I've mentioned many times, and you'll hear again, today is with my personal homeopath that's up by our retreat house. And that's one thing for people to really look forward to. We even have that listed on the website of the house, but uh, it's just so lucky how many incredible healers are up there. And so today's guest, Michaeline, I want to say, I hope I'm saying it correctly, Michaeline, so don't kill me. I want to say Sealer is her last name, and she already pronounced it while we were sitting together, and I might be totally fumbling that, so I really apologize in advance, but Michaeline, she 
you'll get her whole story about being in Manhattan and then came to Venice where she practiced homeopathy and they've since moved up to that area. And so I'm so lucky to have her. And at the referral of my acupuncturist up there, he turned me on to her and I began to go and see her and she single-handedly healed my insulin resistance and my blood sugar level issues. So we'll get into that more in the beginning. I won't continue to repeat that. But I found her incredibly powerful, especially as the person who used to be kind of a skeptic and was like, "Mm, I'm too strong of an energy for homeopathy. She's turned me into a full-blown believer. So in this episode, we discuss the basics of homeopathy. If you're not too familiar with it, I know it's a term many of us have heard, but she gets into the energetics behind it and the holisticness in which it works. And I mean, it's really, truly an incredible form of medicine with no side effects, you know, and it works to heal the physical, emotional, and energetic, which I find to be clearly anybody doing this work understands you need all of those heal to heal something. We also learn about the different solution types within this practice and how homeopathy has healed anything from skin conditions to brain tumors. And Michaeline discusses the different symptoms, coping mechanisms, and reactions she looks for when she's treating with homeopathy, as well as who homeopathy might be good for. This episode is expansive for anyone wanting to work in the alternative medicine field. So if you've felt called to this work, if you're interested, if you own a gazillion books on it like I do, I think you'll find this so, so, so expansive or anyone who's just struggling with conditions that, like I was, that couldn't find a healing. Like you, you've searched everywhere, you've tried all the diets and the herbs and Western medicine has failed you. I would argue that I would even start here <laughs> for a lot of Western medicine practices because you have nothing to lose. Those can be very invasive and this has no side effects. Obviously, if it's trauma, you know, meaning like you've just been in a large accident, this works side by side with Western medicine. But I would argue, why not try this first if it's not something wildly acute? So I guess let's get today's episode rolling with Michaeline. Um, I think you're going to love it all around. You're going to learn so much. So without further ado, here goes. Welcome back to the Expanded Podcast. We're here today with my homeopath who is up in Mariposa, formerly from the East Coast, Manhattan, Los Angeles. And we're going to go through the whole process of how you got here, what you do. And I just want to give a tiny, what would I call that? A teaser that Michaeline has single-handedly been the only person to resolve my insulin resistance and blood sugar issues that I've tried basically every diet, every healer. I mean, I think I've done everything from the every extreme. And I just thought that those are two things that would never remedy. And she's done it. So you're the perfect guest to have on today. Welcome, Michaeline. Well, thank you for having me. And I would say it was the homeopathic remedy that did it and not really just me. True. (laughs) Well, let's go all the way back where I usually start. Tell us about your cultural upbringing and background, where you were raised and all of that. Oh, my gosh. Um, I grew up in New Jersey, northern New Jersey. We moved down the shore as we say on the East Coast, I don't think you say that here, where I went to high school and I only wanted to live in New York City. So I went to NYU. Mm. 
and I never left. <laughs> I was there for 31 years. And do you want to know about my marriage? And all sure, <laughs> let's hear it. Because, you know, it's so expansive for people on this podcast, especially to go through trial and tribulation, because I really okay. like to show if you do desire to have this occupation or you desire to have embody or be successful in anything that a guest has or is on here, then it's really helpful to go through the process where it's not like, oh, they're perfect. They come from money. They're beautiful. All these, you know, we know nothing to go like that. Okay. <laughs> no, I mean, it was a hard childhood. My father died when I was two and a half. Aww. And yeah, my mother had me live with my grandparents for a while. Mm. So I, you know, I grew up with a lot of insecurities. I would say that most of the people I see do not have happy childhoods. <laughs> I mean, it's a rare thing. And I think, you know, we're given what we need to move forward. So, I, I mean, I don't, I don't think you want me to go through everything I went through. Sure. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I kind of, I found a spiritual path mm. in my late teens. And I married at 22. And um, it was a nice long marriage. Mm. My husband taught at NYU Film School, where I went. So, you know, we had a long run and then it was time. I had a lot of migraines monthly and a skin condition called annuari granuloma. I've never heard of that. What is that? Kind of looks like ringworm, but it was very unattractive. And um, I'd been to dermatologists and somehow I got to a homeopath and uh, the migraines went away Mm. and the skin cleared up. And so I wanted to study it. Mm. However, in New York, there were no schools for homeopathy. I would write away um, to Pennsylvania in order to get a remedy. Mm. So I saw a homeopath in Connecticut, which, you know, took me an hour to get there. And I had a big kit at home. So I bought books and I studied on my own for a long time and just treated the family. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I moved to California... I suddenly realized I can go to school for homeopathy. By that time, of course, there were schools on the East Coast, but I hadn't thought about it. So that's not why I came to California, Mm. but um, that's when I began to study in earnest. Mm. I went to school and I've, um, I've studied in India a lot. And I continue to go to many, many seminars. And what I w- else? Yeah, I want to. I want to shoot <laughs> back into. It's a long into, life. <laughs> well, first we have to tell everybody because I do know this from you. We we cosmically profile on here, and so Michaeline's a Gemini Sun. That, but we don't know your human design. We'll have to look that up at some point. Do you want to know the rest of the chart? Yes, please. Oh, <laughs> boy, is everybody versed. Oh, okay, so it's Sagittarius rising, Gemini in the seventh, with four planets in um, Gemini. Jesus and. Um, <sighs> I mean, Jupiter and Aquarius. I mean, I know my whole chart, but my current husband has just the opposite. He has Gemini rising and Sag sun. So yeah, we kind of fit together. And your ex was a Capricorn sun, I remember. Yeah, double Capricorn. Whoa. Life was hard. (laughs) He got stuff done. Life was hard. But life was hard. Yeah. No, I I mean, and he just rose, rose, rose. You know, he was the chair of the NYU film grad and undergrad and... um, Not that he was so happy always in his work, but just as a Capricorn, he couldn't keep from rising. And it was difficult. Life was always hard. And now life is very easy with my husband. Everything's so simple. Everything flows. 
Yeah, so what was so it the like? stars count. <laughs> they do count. They really count. Honestly, it's so funny. I was literally picking my brother up because my siblings live here, and I was yeah. picking him up from daycare. And I know a girl that I went to high school. I follow her on Instagram, so I've mm -hmm. watched her little daughter you know, born, birthed, yeah. growing up. And she, I think, is only three maybe now. And while I was at this daycare, I've never met this little girl. She's a Libra and I'm an Aquarius son. All the kids are playing. She's the only child that walks up to me to start talking to me. Yeah. I mean, they really there count. You go. I, yeah. We're attracted, they actually. They count. I want to hear what it was like in New York. What was it, the 70s when you first got there? Mm, a little earlier. <laughs> oh my, even better. What, you know, what was that like going to NYU? What was the city like well, back then? Well, it was, you know, it was the height of the, of, I mean, it was, I guess I have to tell you, it was 1967 to wow. 71. Oh, it was So everything. imagine what it was like. Yeah. I mean, we were so politically active, mm -hmm. you know. I mean, NYU would join with Columbia, you know, to march together. It was, you know, it was quite a time. It was quite a heady time. Yeah, paint us a picture. Where were you living? What was the apartment? I just, I'm obsessed with the city in that era. Oh my God. <laughs> I, I lived in so many apartments. Yeah. I lived in the dorm uh, my freshman year, which was Weinstein, which people from New York will know. It's on University Place between wow. Washington Square and 8th Street. Then I lived in an apartment on Carmine Street. I lived in an apartment on 5th Street. I lived in another dorm. I lived in an apartment on 9th Street. I mean, there were many. Well, you were just hopping around. And what, what was rent then? Oh, my first apartment that I took by myself was $65 a Stop month. Stop it. All, the only, I try to get glimpses into this with indie films or, you know, like Leonard Cohen, Chelsea Hotel. And what yeah. was sort of the scene? Obviously, there was so much going on politically. It was so much getting on. into the summer of love. But, you know, yeah. what was the scene? What was the city like? Was it way, because it's so gentrified downtown Yeah, no, it was now. so friendly. Yeah. It was really friendly. Uh, but, you know, it was like the time of, you know, hippiedom. So people always seemed to work together. There was a lot of emphasis on cooperation, mm -hmm. you know. And um, I mean, I remember walking down the street and being upset about something and somebody stopped me and said, are you OK? Is there something I can do? I mean, seriously. <laughs> but, you know, we were very motivated against the war the music was fabulous. You know, the Fillmore East was like every weekend. And so we saw great bands. Jeez. Mm. I was, you know, I was in the film school and I was completely obsessed with movies. You know, all the French New Wave, everything. So I saw at least four movies a week. Because mm. <laughs> there still, is it the Lemleys that's right there on, I mean, so close to that whole area. So, so close to the university. What it, do you There's know? There's the art theater. Is that it? On 8th. On 8th. That's yeah. what I'm and There was another of. one. I can't remember the name now. But yeah, no, I would go up to the Thalia on 95th. Oh and, my God. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we're really into movies. And in the film school, that was the spirit. It was um, everybody helped everybody else work on their film. Mm. Well, I'd be there all night sometimes helping people or be out shooting. or You know, it was really um, a special time. And what was your first career after film school? Ah, uh, not much of a career. Mm. You know, I, I married and I was involved in a spiritual group quite seriously, full-time. What was that? Well, I'm still a follower of Meher Baba. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. There's so. even uh, here, right? Meharana. The, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Do you go to this Oh, center? sure. <gasps> I've yeah. been meaning to check it out. Another oh. cool attraction in Mariposa for the listeners yeah. who are very involved in spirituality. Yeah, I'll take you sometime. I would love yeah, that. Yeah, it's 289 acres. Wow. Yeah. So um, that occupied a lot of my time. I had jobs, but I didn't go into film for a long time. Mm. I did that much later. And, um, yeah, I had a company with my first husband, uh, to make international first features. Wow. And yeah, it's, I mean, a lot of different things. I mean, you know, there's just so, so much, so many memories. It's hard to quite figure out where to focus. Was he your professor, your first husband? No, but he was, no, no. He was a student who was older. So he had gone to another school and come back. Mm -hmm. And so he ran the production office. Uh, while he was still a student. And then um, as soon as he graduated, he very soon after he became like the assistant undergraduate chair, then the undergraduate chair, Mm. then grad and undergrad and all of that. So he did not get to do what he wanted to do, which was to make movies. And he wanted to direct? Yeah, he was really, he was a really good musician. So he was great at sound and sound design and all that but no he wanted to film direct Mm -hmm. but yeah he always said it was like someone threw him into a really messy closet and he couldn't leave until he straightened it out such a capricorn double yeah so (laughs) and there was a lot to do because the school didn't have a building at that time wow You you know he was involved in the building of it's was tish there at the no 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 so he was a part of that as well oh sure Wow. Yeah. I mean, what an incredible forefront to be a part of. I could sit and talk to you about that all day long in that era. Yeah. If we pivot into homeopathy, Mm -hmm. let's start by explaining what it is to the person who may have never heard of it and what it does exactly. Uh, So homeopathy is a holistic form of natural medicine, uh, which means it treats the entire person, mentally, physically, emotionally not a single part and it's it's called homeopathy because it's the law of similars so we use like substances to treat symptoms that will match the substance for example in a simple way if you get poison ivy or poison oak we might use that plant to in a very diluted and uh succussed which it's shaken many times we'll use that not as a crude substance but as an energetic imprint of poison oak to treat poison oak and you know as in physics when two frequencies are identical they cancel each other out Mm -hmm. so that's the law of similars and that was discovered by the founder samuel hahnemann this was in the 1700 1790 i think wow i didn't realize it went that far when he ate the bark of a cinchona tree and he developed the symptoms of malaria So he reasoned that if a a substance could cause symptoms in a healthy person, it should be able to cure them in an unhealthy person. So by giving cinchona's quinine, I forgot to mention Mm -hmm. that. He also realized that using crude substances created, you know, lots of problems in people. So he began to dilute the substances hundreds, sometimes thousands of times they're diluted and shaken. So you're getting an energetic imprint. Mm. 
of the whatever it is, what we use minerals, animals, plants. Mm-hmm. You know, he was a doctor in the time and he spoke 11 languages and he was kind of fed up with the way diseases were being treated. Syphilis was pre- prevalent and they used crude mercury to treat it, which, you know, drove the disease deeper and made people sicker. Mm-hmm. But, That's when uh, they were still like bloodletting and Bloodletting, all kinds I mean, of things. All sorts of things. Yeah, so he stopped practicing and uh, began to translate for a while. But then he began to experiment with substances and proving them, which the way we know how they work is uh, people will take, I mean, today's world, the way we prove remedies is... Um, will give us a remedy to perhaps 30 people and nobody, it's a double blind study. Mm. The supervisor doesn't know what it is and neither do the participants. And uh, they record their mental, physical, emotional symptoms for a month. And then those are collated and what becomes very prominent becomes an aspect of the remedy. Mm. And then of course we have clinical additions to that. I kind of want to go back to homeopathy and how it works so people understand it a little bit better. So a lot of times people confuse it with naturopathy, Mm -hmm. which is just using a natural substance to, uh, you know, herbs or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Homeopathy is monitored by an international pharmacopoeia. So every remedy is exactly the same. Mm -hmm. They're regulated, not like herbs and other things. So are they... Because I was a question I was going to have: Are they formulated at like compound? But how do you actually make a remedy? Well, there are labs. There are oh, labs oh, that are yeah. compounding oh, yeah. them. Yeah, ah, that's and how they can have the consistency. Oh yeah, okay. yeah. There, are, you could buy a remedy anywhere in the world, and it will match exactly. Wow. Because there's a certain standard they have to comply with. Whereas for the person listening, when you're buying ashwagandha, if it's not deeply extracted, you're basically you know if yeah, you're just buying no a raw control. form. Yeah, there's yeah. no control. Plus, it's not an energetic substance. Mm. So homeopathy is really, it's an imprint of the substance. That's why, you know, we don't have side effects and it's more, you have to match all of the individual points in order to have an absolute cure. So I'm talking about, um, classical homeopathy. Mm -hmm. We also use remedies just like Arnica for, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you pull your tooth, you take Arnica, you have no pain, Mm -hmm. you know, no swelling usually. So that's first aid homeopathy. But in classical homeopathy, there are three three principles. The first is the law of similars, like cures like. Mm-hmm. And even before Hahnemann, Paracelsus, you know, said, I can't remember exactly what it was, but with a poison, you cure a poison, something like that. Mm-hmm. So it's the opposite of Western medicine where we're trying to suppress a symptom or cut it out or, you know, just make it go away. You know, in homeopathy, we're catalyzing the vital force to heal itself. And that's the the basic, you know, the basic idea that the body can heal itself if you give it the right map. So the other principles I I would say would be a single dose, Mm -hmm. like polypharmacy and mixed combo remedies. It's like throwing a lot of things, you know, together, try and fix the problem. I don't know. Have I even ever had though? Because I think I've only ever had single doses from yeah, you, yeah. right? Really potent yeah. or non, I mean, you test me to see the potency. Yeah. But in classical homeopathy, you're not using those combo remedies, mm. you know, because we're treating every aspect of the person, which I mean, the, the symptoms are coming from some mistunement in the vital force. So 
uh, we want to find that one thing that resonates so that the body can begin to heal itself. And then the other principle is the minimum dose. You know, it's not like a supplement you take forever. We take just enough to catalyze the body mm. to begin to heal. Let me see. There's so many things to say about it. Basically, it's so individualized that it becomes very hard to set up clinical trials. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, there are many clinical trials that prove the efficacy of homeopathy, but they often, you know, they focus on one specific thing like, you know, rust tox for poison oak or certain kinds of sprains and it works. But what I do and what a classical homeopath, homeopath would do is we're, we're looking at a whole array of symptoms and how you experience them. For example, some people who have arthritis, they're much worse when they move, you know, their pains wander from one joint to another, they get swollen and red, while another person, and they might be very irritable about it, mm -hmm. another person might be very restless, better when they move, better with hot water on it, you know. So everything is so individualized. So when I'm looking at somebody, it's it's not just the name of the disease ever, mm -hmm. it's how they experience it. And that can be at a physical level, mental and emotional level. So in finding the remedy, we want to match everything. And like, for example, like we can speak to kind of our sessions together to give people, and okay. I know many people have probably experienced forms of homeopathy. I personally have only like had store-bought. And then for people who want to listen, going back to Alexa Smart's uh, podcast episode, you guys can go reference that. She's a, she does flower remedies. She, mm -hmm. you know, constructs them and she's homeopath, mm -hmm. <laughs> keeping it together. But going through our sessions, it was so interesting because you were asking, I mean, from an array of questions from dreams to, and what I found to be the most difficult. So anybody who's planning to work with Michaeline, be prepared for this or start taking note. You would ask, how does my body react to something? Mm -hmm. And I would be like, I would come up with emotions or mental and you'd be like, no, what's physically happening what's in your the body? Sensation the of sensation. The yeah, sensation. I, I mean, experience. We're it. so out of tune with that. Yeah. So if you want to explain a little bit about what would you call it, the intake process? Okay. So mostly I'm trying to find, follow the energy in a person. Mm. Everybody sits down and they talk from their mind. Mm -hmm. You know, they'll give me a list of what's wrong and all of that. But at some point, They'll start moving their hands or they'll get animated or they'll cry or something like that. And then we know we're at a point where the energy is strong and that's where I have to stay. Mm. So sometimes it'll be like, for example, uh, somebody who has stomach problems and, and they'll just crunch inward and they'll have that sensation of just curling, crunching inward with their stomach problem. But then if I begin to talk to them about stressors or, you know, things that have, you know, affected them emotionally or traumas or all, or something like that. And if I hear that same, I clench up, you know, I'm trying to find what's global mm. so that it's not just in the physical, it's in the emotional, it's in the mental. And that will point me to certain remedies. Mm -hmm. And as I said, we use plant, mineral, and um, animal remedies. And so th there's many, many <laughs> windows through I'm, which I'm looking. Mm -hmm. I, I want to see um, the pace of the disease mm -hmm. and their energy. 
you know, people are lethargic, people are like restless and can't stop talking, blah, 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 like that. So I want to understand the pace. I want to understand the depth. I want to understand how they cope. Do they hide their problem? Are they shameless? <laughs> you know, are they always hectic, like time is running out? Or are they very controlling? Or, you know, so I'm, I'm looking at how they cope with their problems. And are they sensitive, uh, you know, to their environment? Plants often are highly reactive. You know, it's like, it's too cold, it's too hot, I'm too this, I'm too that. And they have a lot of sensations. You know, I have stabbing pain. You know, if people sit down and they start talking about their sensations and the opposite, you know, it's like, I get so irritable, I just want to be calm. So that's like a little bit of an indicator this might be a plant remedy. Interesting. Because you discovered that I'm from the mint family. The, the mint. mint fam- where, yes. Whereas I thought I was a mineral. But you, yeah, you a lot of us think that. we're minerals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that said, sometimes people do need different remedies. Yeah. You know, it's not always that you need the same thing for life. Sometimes, you know, we match that energy, it goes away and something else comes up. Sure. Yeah. But, you know, you'll, you'll know people who somebody else is always doing something to them. Mm-hmm. You know, if they sit down, and I think I can tell this story. It's uh, the first time I sat in with a mentor in L.A., a woman came in who was in a wheelchair and very recently had been diagnosed with a disease. I don't want to say anything else. I'm sure, sure. sure. And I remember the doctor said to her, what's the problem? And I thought, what are you crazy? That's so obvious. And she said, I just can't stop fighting with my husband. So what I think is a problem may not be the, the main problem for the patient. So it's really important to be completely without prejudice. You have to probably yeah, in this. It's yeah. Because, you know, if I had that, I would experience it this way. That has to be completely gone. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, what is the canvas in front of me? And it's, it's so, it, everybody has a whole entire universe in them. You know, I mean, as I said, so many people have horrible childhoods, but we don't all react the same way, mm-hmm. you know. And a great example to paint the picture even more viscerally for somebody, a big one that always comes up, it's very thematic in our sessions is trapped. I don't mm-hmm. want to be trapped. You know, I yeah. want to be stuck. And you keep going like, what is trapped to you? What's the sensation? Yeah. What does it feel like? it's a common word. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some people, if you say they're trapped, they physically can't move. They get cramps. It's, it's about, I need to move forward. Other people, it's like, I'm suffocating. Mm-hmm. I can't breathe. Mm-hmm. The walls are closing in. So, yeah, it's, it's my job to get people to go as deep as possible. It's amazing. Well, it's fascinating. It's also like incredibly self-actualizing in a way. Like it, it really put me in touch with aspects of myself yeah. I've never taken inventory yeah. of. Yeah. You know, so, and you, I came to you, I think when I was in my like craziest moment, more likely. You did not seem crazy to oh, me. thank you. But it was, it was so beneficial. Like, I think I came to you at the most pivotal time. I was taking care of my brother while my mom was in oh, rehab. Yeah. We were going through a lot of reconstruction in right. our company. And then I was going through construction in the house. And I think I was about to have a nervous breakdown. Yeah. That's a lot to do at once. Oh yeah. my gosh. And then I yeah. think, well, I, I would like to talk about a couple of the remedies that, that sure. I've worked through, even though I know it's an individualized experience, it'll kind okay. of paint the picture. Okay. So the insulin one, 
you know, and I want to just say the way I reacted to mm-hmm. the remedies, it took about a, or it takes about a month and a half. And out of nowhere, at about a month and a half, I'll be like, holy shit, I can eat chocolate. Like, mm-hmm. I haven't even been able to have, you know, alcohol, let alone chocolate for yeah. the last, I would say, seven or eight years. And I thought that was never going to be a reality for me again. And so I think the remedy that you prescribed, it was, it says on my bottle, just INSA. <laughs> so that's an example of really, it's not classical. It wasn't your entire array of symptoms, but it was a specific, which sometimes I, I find that really clears the picture. Mm. You know, sometimes if somebody has a lot of gut problems, I'll give a specific. We have remedies called balnozids or kind of like homeopathic probiotics. Sometimes I'll start with something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, it depends. So we also have... Um, we have remedies that are, we call them nozodes. They're not mineral, animal, or plant. And they are made from disease substances. So a lot of times we carry the taint from many generations. Mm-hmm. Let's say, you know, you have children with asthma. Somewhere in the background, there was probably TB. Mm-hmm. You know, same thing, you know, people have chronic, oh, I don't want, I'm not sure, <laughs> you know, I want to talk about this so much, but urinary and genital mm-hmm. problems, mm-hmm. you know, and somewhere in the background and, you know, who knows, there was um, gonorrhea. So, oh, totally. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. and the same thing, you know, with people who have a lot of cancer in their family history. Mm-hmm. So we want to change that susceptibility mm-hmm. and remove that taint or miasm. So sometimes, you know, we start or we'll use those as an intercurrent. So not necessarily, as I was saying before, something that matches every single aspect, mm-hmm. you know. And cancer is such an epidemic in homeopathy. What what was sort of the precursor back, you know, many generations that were sort of seeing that? Huh. In homeopathy, because I even remember in a session, it came up, you know, that cancer is very rampant in my family. Yeah. And you're like, we're going to use this remedy to take the miasm or to approach the miasm. Right. So I'm quickly interrupting this episode to invite you if you're ready to start your manifestation journey or if anything you've heard in our manifestation episodes has piqued your interest to begin. We have a la carte workshops in everything from the basics bundle, which is what we recommend to everyone who starts. It's the formula that actually teaches you how to manifest, unblocked inner child and unblocked shadow. We also have a la carte workshops on love and money. But the real gem is the Pathway membership because it encompasses every single workshop we have. It's a year-long membership with full access to the few a la carte offerings we have and exclusive workshops not available anywhere else, such as the daily practice, which is what everybody in the Pathway uses, hopefully at least three times a week to daily in order to truly create the new neural pathways that one needs in order to manifest and houses the library of our deep imaginings, which is our unique hypnosis process that allows you to get into your subconscious and overwrite those old neural pathways, creating the new ones. You can use our special code EXPANDED, all caps, E-X-P-A-N-D-E-D, to receive $20 off your first a la carte workshop purchase or $20 off your first month of the pathway. Again, that's all caps, EXPANDED, E-X-P-A-N-D-E-D. Okay, now back to the episode. 
not sure, you know, what it was originally, because in Hahnemann's time, there were just three major miasms. Mm. Today, we've kind of expanded that. What and were those three then? It was Sora, which starts with the itch. Ah. It's the most basic, okay. you know. Serinum is a remedy that's made from scabies. You know, it was prevalent. And um, from there, the next uh, my, deeper miasm was or is psychosis, and that's S-Y-C-O-S-I-S, and that's overproduction. Okay. You know, people, you know, a lot of people who, who develop warts or things that just overdevelop, you know, tumors, things uh-huh. like that that are, you know. Cysts. Yeah, all of that. It's too much, you know. It's like they develop too And so there's a couple of remedies for that. And then the third one was syphilis, which is where it's kind of destructive pathology, mm-hmm. you know, deformities, things like that. Wow. So, you know, it's possible we all have a little bit of all of them mm-hmm. in us. So, but usually there's one that's prominent. So I study a lot with Rajan Sankaran, who I think is, you know, an incredibly brilliant homeopath in India. And he furthered the whole concept of miasms to incorporate more ways that people cope. So there's acute which is, it's life or death, mm-hmm. you know. Constant, like the most irritable, yeah. the deepest pain, you know. But you either live or you die. Okay. Wow. You know, it's like shock. It's like, it's it doesn't last. And then he has one that's called typhoid. And now the names of the miasms are based on the the pattern of the disease. It doesn't mean you have typhoid. It's just that in typhoid, you get these fevers, you reach a crisis, and then you're fine. So, you know, a person who's like, you know, I'm just struggling, struggling, struggling to get through this, but I know I'll be fine once I've, you know, if that's like a pattern, then he would, you know, associate that miasm. And and there are remedies that fall into all these different miasms. There's malarial miasm, which is relapsing, intermittent, Mm -hmm. you know, migraines, they, they come and they go, you know, things that are, have periodicity to them. And then there's, you know, psychotic, which is, I have a problem. I don't want anybody to know. I'm just going to keep it to myself. I'm just going to live with it. It's not going to kill me, but you know, I'm just going to hide it (laughs) and then it's going to go away. Maybe I hope, you know, so, and then there's cancer myosin, which is a lot about control, Mm. you know, and boy, is that rapid. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Everything has to be exactly right. And I have to push myself beyond, beyond, you know, it's like, you have to run marathons, you have to do this, you have to do what's beyond, you know, really just like natural ability. Yeah. But, you know, we need to do it. So we have to be perfect. Totally. And I had, we had to deal with that, which I think has been tremendous. I'm so glad. Yeah. Help me too. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, tubercular miasma is very hectic. Time is running out. You know, it's like, space is getting narrower. It's often a lot of, um, lung problems and things like that, you know, or, or insect energy, which is like so rapid, rapid, rapid. I'm busy, busy, busy. And any minute I could get, (laughs) (laughs) if you guys, cause you can't see, it's like getting swapped by like a fly swatter. (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, it's more than that too. It's, it's, you know, if you read some of those old books, like Thomas Mann's magic mountain there's something about tubercular that's this romantic longing and this you know this grief and all of that so there's a lot of things that play into it but basically it's a hectic pace you know walls are closing in 
Wow. And then, I mean, he also mentioned olaprotic miasm, which is just self-disgust. And then syphilis, which is kind of rapid destruction. You know, people have diseases that are quite destructive. We give a syphilitic remedy, it can often stop it. So that, so we're matching everything. We're matching the coping method. We're matching, you know, the person's pace. And, and you know, everybody's just so different. Mm-hmm. I mean, and plus people have an array of symptoms. You know, they may have eczema and constipation and headaches. And, you know, we, the remedy has to match all of those things. But it's those very strange, rare, peculiar symptoms that we would love to see, mm-hmm. you know, that, that are just so unusual that gives us a key, you know. That's what I find the most beautiful about this form of medicine is it touches on everything from yeah. emotional, physical, mental. I mean, it really, and how many of us have sat in an allopathic doctor's office that right. doesn't even look at right. one thing, I mean, at two things, let alone holistically. And, and so this is such right. a, it, and I have to be honest and transparent. And then I would love to hear your thoughts on this because I had never been to a homeopath, a traditional homeopath before and had just tried my own, you know, remedies from the health food store. Uh, There was a notion I had that, oh, my my vibration, my energy is too heavy. This won't work. You know, it's, it's like, and it's so funny because until I truthfully had had that episode with my friend, you know, Alexa Smart, who does the flower remedies, Mm -hmm. and she had given me phosphorus, which Mm -hmm. I started to see the blood sugar improvement on. Mm -hmm. I went, oh, holy shit, this is powerful. Mm -hmm. And for something, it's a, you know, it's a system that's actually healed things that have never, I I truly never thought would be possible because I had tried everything. What do you, there's a part of me now, I guess is where I'm leading at. I would do, and and this is so controversial and, and everybody should do their own research. I've been doing research. My friend Jamie does extensive research on things like vaccinations, but I will certainly go the route of having my child go through the homeo- homeopathic vaccination process, you know, rather than going the allopathic route, because like you're saying, there are no side effects. It's safe. I don't know what the studies are on that, but I just find this to be such a profound medicine where somebody as me early on was like, oh, hogwash, that's not going to work on me. So uh, there's a lot of of bad press about homeopathy. Yeah. Um, In this country, there were 20 homeopathic hospitals and universities before the AMA started. And there were, I, I don't remember the number, but many, many homeopaths. And when the AMA started, they said that you could not practice homeopathy and also be an MD, which was, you know, crushing, crushing for so many people. It's so problematic. Um, yeah. Nevertheless, when the Spanish flu hit, homeopaths lost 1% of patients and only after it had been deeply established in the lungs. You know what the rest of I mean, it was, yeah. So throughout the years, there's been so much proof that homeopathy works enormously well at very little cost and very little, I mean, uh, no disturbance basically. Um, but it's been, you know, quite suppressed in this country. It's not so in Europe. In Germany, especially. Yeah. And in India, the homeopaths work side by side with the MDs and hospitals. Mm. You know, even in France, there's in Lyon, there's a hospital, um, a cancer hospital, 
where a doctor has an entire wing just for homeopathy. And he, you know, he treats side effects of chemo. And um, I don't know that he treats uh, at the initial onset. But there's also a homeopath um, who passed away a year ago at a very old age, but his son still runs the clinic. His name was Prasanta Banerjee. And he, in order to get around this, this, I mean, I'm going to say it, it's like Big Pharma is really, has tried to suppress homeopathy oh, for forever. Sure, yeah. So he called it ultra high dilutions. And he, he doesn't practice classical homeopathy. That clinic um, is in Calcutta and he has um, different formulas and protocols for all kinds of cancer and all kinds of, you know, a lot of different illnesses and he brought years ago i don't know how many more since then 16 cured cases of brain cancer to the university of texas he calls it ultra high dilutions he also has been hired by nasa they've been hired by nasa to provide you know remedies for astronauts but they called ultra high dilutions so they've rebranded na- nanomedicine okay but i mean for anyone who has a brain tumor they should look up prasanta banerjee my cousin has been on his protocol for like 5 years now she hasn't had a symptom so and, and she had a brain tumor oh absolutely oh my yeah gosh. so there is so much that homeopathy can offer and so little harm that it can ever do so it's like He's, such a no brainer first a first try, you know, beyond. Well, you know, that's I something think. I do want to talk about okay. because what happens often is people may go to their MD for 10 years treating their sciatica or treating their liver problem or whatever. And, you know, they're not healed and they'll come to a homeopath. They'll get a remedy. They're not better in a week and they uh, say it doesn't work. So I would just like at least for people to understand that. When the body gets a new map, which is a remedy is like a new map for the, how the body can heal itself. It needs to adjust to it. It needs to start to change. It takes time. Mm-hmm. You know? Like that goes back to me. I, I, I see a difference at about a month and a half. I can, I time it, you know, and you had mm-hmm. said, I think at one point, the homeopath that you saw in Pennsylvania said, you're not allowed to come back for three for months. For three months. Now I have to say in an acute illness, we want to see oh yeah yeah results Regularly. very quickly but yeah. when we have long term chronic illness we have to give it time mm-hmm. you know because um and everybody responds differently you know sometimes it sometimes you know especially young kids you know they're just like amazing their behavior changes everything changes rather rapidly but you know we do have to get the exact remedy yeah. for that kind of uh you know overall healing and it's not always possible to do it the first time yeah i was just going to say it may take and then layers present is what i've noticed very true you know you peel one and then the next thing comes up it's true you know people can have an experience let's say they witness an accident they go into semi-shock you have to treat that it's a layer Mm -hmm. it's not that you just give them their constitutional sometimes that works sometimes it doesn't but you know we would often give aconite or something like that or, you know, somebody can have an encounter with a rattlesnake and, you know, that creates a certain shock and you can treat that layer. Yeah. And I've seen, I mean, just this week, there was somebody who I treated for a deep depression. Mm-hmm. And the first thing that came up had to do with, let's say, childhood issues. Sure. And that kind of cleared. And then something else showed, mm-hmm. which was a deeper level. So 
it doesn't always present at the beginning. The vital force knows what it has to do. And there's also a direction of cure. And this is, you know, this is Constantine Herring was, um, he was uh, the person who brought homeopathy to the U.S. I'm going a little off track, but it has to do with the direction of cure. So, but I want to tell his background because he was hired to denounce homeopathy by the king Mm -hmm. of Prussia, I think it was. And during his, you know, he was reading everything Hahnemann wrote and he's writing up his treatise and all of this. And during that time, he injured his hand. He was a medical student. He got cut during, I, I guess they were looking at a cadaver or something and it became septic. And every doctor recommended that his hand be amputated. And somebody said, why don't you just try homeopathy? And his hand healed completely. Wow. And so he obviously became a convert and he brought everything, you know, he started the schools and things like that. So he discovered that the body cures and heals in a particular way. And that's usually from the top down mm-hmm. and from the most vital organ to the least vital organ. So we have one brain, you know, we have one liver, we have two lungs, right? Mm-hmm. We have a whole lot of skin. So if you have a, a deep depression and you have eczema, we want to see the depression go mm-hmm. before the, the skin. So it's always from the most vital to the least vital and from inside out and usually from the oldest to the newest. So sometimes there's a retracing we'll see a brief reappearance of old symptoms. Let's say you've had skin issues that were suppressed with cortisone and things like that. We might see a return briefly of that issue, which is a great sign, Mm -hmm. you know, because that's how the body heals. And that came from Herring. I mean, his observation. That's something because we've noticed together that, you know, when I'll go into L.A., sometimes the insulin will re-trigger, not always. Hmm. And then you'll advise that I take uh, mm-hmm. a certain dosage or maintain while I'm in Los Angeles of the mm-hmm. insulin. And it always does like within 24 hours when I'm back up here is completely gone. Mm-hmm. Like it's just, it's so wild, yeah. but that goes to show, yeah, that the, it can kind of re-trigger or yeah. represent. It or sure can. Up. It sure can because, you know, y- your body has a tendency to go a certain direction. You know, and you have to keep showing it the map sometimes. No, you have to go this way. Wow. So, you know. Did you see, am I correct that Russia, Russia, apparently by 2025 is going to be fully organic? Is what? that, did I see that? Am I correct I, on I, that? I don't know. We'll have to link if that truly is a thing. Don't take okay. my word for it. But I did read that somewhere and I was, you know, interesting. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. So, okay. So moving forward, if somebody were to reach out to work with you, because mm-hmm. you do do Skype. Yes. Where would they find you? Oh. Obviously we'll be linking, but I want to know where they can okay, find you. Okay. So the website is mariposahomeopathy.com. They can find me that way. Do you want my phone number? No, for an email, you could just send <laughs> sure. you an email. So sure. The way my email is my first name. And um, I think... It will appear someplace. Yeah, we'll have it on the show notes as well. At STI, Sierra Tell Internet. Yeah. And .net. What are the most common, what would I call it? What would make somebody reach out for anything emotional, physical that's bothering them, uh, mental that's bothering them? What do you see as sort of the, what are the most common gateways? (laughs) Oh my gosh. I think they come for absolutely everything. 
But I would say that if somebody comes for just anxiety, I will always find some physical things that, you know, that kind of might be helped by a remedy as well. I mean, nobody gets through all of life without some weakness somewhere, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, childhood, childhood, um, tendencies, like whether you're breaking bones or whether you're having, you know, terrible teeth or whether you're having constant ear infections or strep, it's, you know, it's all still part of your system because it's holistic. It's the, when one part of the body's sick, the entire organism has something going on. You know, it's not just in your hand. So people come, let's say for anxiety, but then, you know, I discover a lot of other things too, or people come for I don't know everything. They come for headaches and arthritis and I don't know, liver problems, gallbladder problems, you know, a lot of addiction. digestive people have come for addiction. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of, um, a lot of digestive things, skin things. Mm-hmm. I don't know everything. What's been bipolar. Your, yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What's been the most rewarding and profound result you've seen oh gosh as a practitioner there are a lot that you know because no matter how long I do this it's like sometimes I'm just amazed that this little amount of nothing literally water and like this tiny diluted little (laughs) imprint of something can can affect such a change I mean you know I remember um oh there's just so many people uh somebody I thought this was kind of profound. Uh, in LA, who had a horrible skin problem and was in a job he didn't like and irritable all the time and just, you know, not happy. And his skin cleared up and he completely changed his career. And I mean, he was like a totally different person. So that doesn't happen that often, you know, that you see like this huge transformation. But Enough change often, you know, um, I'm trying to think now, now I'm kind of going by, you know, people, uh, you know, this girl who was like so dizzy, she couldn't walk or drive. And three days later, I mean, it was just gone. Amazing. I mean, you know, that's not me. That's homeopathy. Absolutely. It's, you know, so what I try to do is just make a space, you know, for, for the right things to come through the person so that it's really clear. And because I think the healing, it's not that I do anything. It's really just creating a space where I just, it's like the right clues come out so that the remedy picture becomes clear. And when it's really clear, it can't fail to help. Mm-hmm. You know, I would say the hardest cases are the ones that have been on many drugs for many years. You know, Why is that? Because their vital force is kind of subdued and um, suppressed, you know, and the vital, the vi- the body wants to be healthy. Mm-hmm. It's it's trying to be healthy. It just needs the right tools, you know. And um, if you keep suppressing, you know, for years and years, you take Imitrex for fifteen years. Oh yeah, I mean, it's. It, I think it subverts your body's ability. I don't think. Um, it's hopeless. I'm just saying it takes longer. It's harder, you know. And what do you suggest a common, like if you're coming for the first time, 
how many times you should at least dedicate to coming to see results yeah. because it takes visits and time, yeah. but I promise you yeah. the reward is profound. Well, I, you know, there are many homeopaths who make people sign up for a year. Mm. I've never done that, but I would say I need at least, you know, two or three follow-ups for people to really begin to understand. Often, you know, you might have a, a, a positive reaction right away. I did in yeah. a month and a half. However, I continued to come. I wanted, now I was like, I want to chip away at all the layers. Because there's always something else, you yeah. know. And I, I kind of spaced the appointments further and further away. I don't see people often, you know, once a month at the beginning. I like them to stay in touch with me mm-hmm. and, you know, update me after a couple of weeks because... I want to give the minimum dose. I want them to take as little as they need to catalyze their body. But sometimes, you know, you need a little more. So instead of waiting a month, I want them to check in with me. And I might tell them to take more because I send the remedy home with people. Talk about the remedy process you have because it's different than just the click, click, click under the tongue. Right. So Hahnemann wrote um, six editions of the Organon, which is like the you know, the Bible of homeopathy. And the last two weren't published until long after his death. So many practitioners were using the fourth edition when he used dry pellets, Mm -hmm. dry doses. It's okay. But after that, he talked about putting them in water. And so I like to use sea potencies in, it's called a split dose. I put them in a dropper bottle. And that way the patient has the remedy at home and we can adjust how often to take it. But besides, so it's one dose in a bottle. But besides that, by putting it in water, it kind of, it seems to touch many more parts or something. Mm. And when you shake it each time, uh, you're changing the the frequency just ever so slightly so that your body has to kind of step up and recognize a new pattern. Like a wake up. Yeah. So it's like, oh. Here it is again. When you just give this a dry dose and you give it exactly the same, it doesn't, I don't think it has quite that spark. Mm. And it's also, it's so easy to regulate. You know, sometimes when you travel long distance by air, often a remedy can be antidoted. You know, not not a local flight, but let's say you're going back and forth. To, to Australia. Yeah. <laughs> The remedy might be antidoted. So I have people take it again when they arrive. You know, so I like to give them the remedy, have it in a bottle, and then advise them, mm-hmm. you know, h- how frequently they need it. You know, sometimes I have people take it every day for a while, sometimes once a week. I kind of have to gauge their vitality and their age and um, the kind of problem they have. Mm-hmm. You know, if they're frail and it's kind of a a, a deep disease or, a, you know, I'm, I might go very low potency you know, as gentle as I can very frequently. But, you know, somebody young and vital might get a couple of doses and then we wait and watch, you know. What's been the most difficult case you've seen out of all of, I mean, and you obviously don't have to go into personal detail, but the one that finally cracked, but was the hardest, took the longest, just out of curiosity. I think the cancer cases are hard. Mm. They're hard because they've been through so many treatments and there's so much fear, you know, so... People do things that are quite extreme. Most difficult, often, you know, sometimes they don't all resolve. Mm -hmm. You know, that happens. A lot of times people don't stay if they don't get results right away. Oh, I can tell you one. 
This is uh, an early one. It's kind of illus illustrates how homeopathy might work. It was um, a woman who came for ex an extreme hormonal problem, mm -hmm. but also has had a, a a particular hatred for something. I won't, I won't get into anything more specific. And um, I felt that was limiting her life, you know. So the hormonal problem went away like really rapidly. But it took a year and a half before wow. the other thing was so gone. And it that to me was really rewarding. Oh, man. And for her, she got her life back. It was a whole new life yeah. because she'd spent her whole life in this, um, you know. I, Toxic yeah. dynamic or something. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. don't, I, I, I don't want to be specific. Not that I think she's listening, but uh, you know, it's just, it's too, I, I, yeah, I, I just I want to be private. So things like that, where people's lives change in that way. And another one, this was somebody who lived in another country who they were about to cut out this person's intestines, you know, because the colitis was so bad. Oh, I mean, you know, to just cut and, oh, it was was on all kinds of drugs. And um, I gave a low potency every day. And, you know, I probably took six months before he was off all the drugs. Wow. And, yeah. And yeah, I would say after a year, he never had a problem again. Amazing. Yeah. Then he had another problem. Then he had arthritis, but the intestines completely healed themselves. And to me, that was like amazing. Or some of the mental problems sometimes, Yeah, you know. I've seen people, you know, uh, I mean, severe mental problems. So it's hard sometimes when they're on a lot of meds. Whenever the clear energetic pattern comes out that matches a remedy, there's always some help, you know. And I know that you've touched on this, but to for the total layman, me, myself, what is vibrationally happening? You know, like yeah. what's going on? Because it is so profound to me. It yeah. just is, it's magic. And I understand, you know, the three types, like like cancels out like, but is it just vibrational realignment? I think, you know, we're energetic beings and the way to treat that is with energy. Sure. So I think it's just that, when the vital force is mistuned and and you find that right tuning fork, it just so i I don't know if this will answer exactly, but my teacher, you know Rajan Sankaran, he wrote a book, and they have an academy called The Other Song in India, and the way he explained it, I thought it was so lovely. He said that our human song is one of love, and it's a song where we live in the present. We don't react out of things that happened to us in the past. We don't, you know, worry about the future. You know, we be here now. We live here in the present in joy and love. And what the remedy is, is static in that song. So that static is interfering with our ability to, you know, to be here in that. Yeah. So what we're matching is the static you know, it's not, it's that little bit that, um, is disturbing the, the rest of the yeah. organism. Oh yeah. That makes sense. So, that's, that's a good analogy yeah. for that. Yeah. So I'm always looking for the static. People like to come and sit and tell me all the things they're doing for what's wrong. 
I only need to hear what's wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. And, you know, what is it that animates that person and what is it that disturbs that that peace? Mm. So and it's and that is energetic. That is energetic. It could be, you know, the sensation of suffocation. It could be, you know, a, a twisting pain that they get that they show with their hands. It's like, you know, whenever I have a stomach ache, you know, I get this twist inside. So it's the twist that is the static. And that has to match something in nature. And to me, that is the most incredible part of homeopathy. When we see in a human being the source happening. Like when we see somebody who needs dolphin's milk, who, you know, goes and swims in a circle and bumps their brothers and sisters all the time with their head and just, you know, has this pattern and energy of a mammal, which, you know, it's about group and hierarchy and has this, you know, uh, one person who did that remedy, the first thing he said, you know, I lost the signal to my girlfriend. So when we start to hear these source words mm. that belong to a particular something, you know, or, or the person who, uh, these are a few animal remedies now. So the person who every night dreamed that a Bigfoot was stepping on her, you know, who needed a spider remedy, mm. you know, or, I mean, I've seen cases and this is not my own, let's say at a seminar where a woman was, you know, would, would just show how she would go after somebody and she'd spin her hand around, her finger around and around and wrap him up, you know? And it was source words and, and energy from a black widow, mm -hmm. you know? So in plants, what we see more are sensations. You know, people who need rose remedies really do have sticking pains, things like forced in a certain way, or people who... um need a conifer remedy, they'll say they feel hollow inside and mm. brittle and old. And so, wow. oh no, it goes on and on, you know, or the person who, you know, whenever she goes someplace, she gets an aerial view of the, of the neighborhood, like only a bird remedy mm -hmm. could, you know, so there's so many source things and even minerals, you know, I mean, gases, you know, um, hydrogen remedy might talk about the big bang, you know, it's shocking or calcium remedies or, or mollusks, you know, they'll have a gesture of closing up and talk about filtering things in and closing up when they're in, you know, and with gestures. So when I see the source in, of the remedy in the patient, to me, that's like the most fascinating example of how we somehow, I don't know how, how we incorporate the energy of our surroundings somehow. Incredible. And that creates the static, you know? I mean, that's the best place to leave off on. Okay. I mean, it's so inspiring. And yeah, anybody who's going to be visiting the house, they're able to make an appointment. Or if you're from afar, make an appointment over Skype. I mean, I'm so excited that we got to have you on here as a healer. Thank you so much That's for having me. me. Yeah, thank you. Bye, everybody. We'll see you next week. <laughs> or listen, talk to you next week. <laughs>Thank you so much for tuning into the episode and I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did, we did. 
And in case you're not totally ready to join the pathway yet, I wanted to share a few of our free offerings that I'll often suggest to people as a little bit of a blueprint to get them started on their manifestation journey. The first place I like to direct people completely for free is the motivation. You can see it linked below or on our homepage as our testimony library. And it's categorized by different subjects, whether you're calling in career, money, love, wellness, and much more. When you're reading about a member's experience of what they manifested, you're actually seeing to believe and showing your subconscious that that very thing is possible for you. The second place I like to direct people is to the free clarity exercise, which is also linked below. In it, you get to try our own unique hypnosis process, learn about the science and some journaling prompts. And the best part about this, you'll get a tiny taste of what it's like to go into your hypnotic state, bring your subconscious forward and create new neural pathways while receiving clarity. And the third thing, if you haven't listened to it on this podcast yet, please go back to the episode titled Manifestation 101, where you'll learn the basics of neural manifestation to truly understand this process. So go ahead and check out those free resources, the motivation, the free clarity exercise, and the episode Manifestation 101, all linked below. And in an effort to make sure to have representation in this process series, go ahead and submit any process testimonials you have, especially to our LGBTQ plus community, our BIPOC, as well as the WISE, which is anyone in the community who is 45 and over. All right, we'll be back next week.